Marcus here. He fell out of the window. <laughs> Will was pointing at Charles. <laughs> uh, amen. Isn't it good to be able to come in God's house and laugh and have a good time? And you know, I, I believe God has a sense of humor. If you don't really believe that, just look in the mirror. <laughs> but you know, uh, God, I believe uh, I believe God wants us to have a time of of joy and and celebration and. Uh, good to be able to laugh together. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 78 this evening, Psalm chapter 78. Let me say thank you again for the opportunity to come and uh, to be with you folks again. We love you folks. We've always, always enjoyed coming and, and being at uh, Knobs Baptist Church. I remember back years ago when I first came, I called it Knobs Hill Baptist Church. Randy says, it's Knobs Baptist Church. <laughs> I said, well, it sits on a hill. <laughs> he says, Knobs Baptist Church. So it's, it's good, good to be here. Do pray for us as we travel back. I was going to wait and leave in the morning, but my son needs some help uh, at his house uh, tomorrow, and so I need to get back and uh, help him. He's got a situation going on, and I don't have time to go into it. Just pray for him. He's dealing with the insurance company and, and things, so. Uh, but the Lord knows all about it, so. Uh, Psalm 78, we're going to read verses 12 down through verse number 20, and we're going to be looking at some other verses here in, in Psalm 78 for the message that we have for this evening. Psalm 78, verse 12, the Word of God says, Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as in heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He claimed the walk, uh, rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. They, yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock, that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we once again come before your throne uh, tonight. We thank you again for the opportunity that we have to break the bread of life, break the word of God, to serve it up uh, today. And Lord, I ask that your word will once again go forth in power, that have an effectual working in our hearts and lives. I ask that you would give me clarity of thought and mind. Help me to say nothing more or nothing less than what needs to be said this evening. Certainly, we'll give you the praise and thanks for all that you do, for it's in Jesus' name we do pray, believing. Amen. As I was preparing this message, I ran across a little story about a man named Jack. <clears throat> Jack was walking along a steep cliff one day, and he got too close to the edge, and he accidentally fell over the side. On the way down, he grabbed a branch that was growing out of the side of that, that cliff, which temporarily stopped his fall. He looked down, and it was over a 1,000 feet to the bottom of that ravine, and he looked up, and he thought, there's no way I can climb back up this, this cliff. He knew he couldn't hang on to the branch forever, so, and there was no way for him to climb up the steep cliff, so he began to yell for help, hoping that somebody passing by would hear him and lower a rope or something to help him out. So he began to cry out, help, help. Is anybody up there? Help! And he yelled for hours, but no one heard him. And he was about to give up when all of a sudden he heard a voice. Jack? Jack, can you hear me? 
Yes, yes, I can hear you. I'm down here. I can see you, Jack. Are you all right? Yes, but who are you? Where are you? I'm the Lord, Jack. I'm everywhere. You mean the Lord like God? Yes, that's me. God, please help me. I promise if you'll get me down from here, I'll stop sinning. I'll be a really good person. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Easy on the promises, Jack. Let's just get you down from there and then we can talk. Now here's what I want you to do. Listen carefully. I'll do anything you say, Lord. Just get me out of here. Okay, Jack, here's what I want you to do. Let go of the branch. What? I said let go of the branch. Just trust me and let go. There was a long silence. Finally, Jack yelled, help, help. Is anybody else up there? You know, we laugh about that, but sometimes that sounds like us, doesn't it? We, uh, we say that we want to serve the Lord, we want the Lord's help, and then when He tells us what He wants us to do through His Word, through the preaching and teaching of His Word, we just don't trust Him. And that was the problem with Israel here in, in Psalm 78. They were called out of Egypt to follow the Lord by faith. However, they seemed to constantly doubt the power, the presence, and the promises of the Lord. Their entire attitude of their heart was summed up in a two-word question that we see in verse number 20. Behold, he smote the rocks, rock that the waters gushed out. Well, verse number 19, I'm sorry. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God. Can God. When they asked this question, they were doubting everything about the Lord. So they needed a lesson in trust. And I believe you and I, many times, we need a lesson in trust. I realize that we're a lot like Israel. We often ask the question, can God? Well, I want to tell you tonight that God can. Instead of saying, can God, we need to be saying, God can. The God we serve is still the Lord of glory. He is still the King of kings. He is still able to do all the things that he's ever been able to do. He's still omnipotent. He's still omnipresent. He's still omniscient. He knows all things. He's all powerful. He's everywhere all at one time. He's still the same God. And God can, instead of saying can God, we need to be saying God can. God can. So I want us to look at this passage of Scripture tonight. I just have three simple thoughts that I want to share with you. First of all, notice with me the condition of the people. Notice we've read these verses, verse 19 and 20, and then also verse 41. We see the condition of the people. It says, they spake against God, and, and they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock, and the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Verse 41 says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So here I see the condition of the people. The first thing is that they were faithless. They were faithless. Here was a people that God called out of Egypt and led them through the wilderness to take them to the promised land. But yet, here they, they called themselves by God's name. Here was a people that should have trusted the Lord without reservation. Here was a people that seemed oblivious to the power of God. Notice verse number 22. 
It says, because they believe not in God and trusted not in His salvation. Verse 32, for all this they sinned still and believed not for His wondrous works. See, they were a faithless people. Isn't that like, a, like you and I a lot of times? We say we believe God, and we believe that God can do this, that, and the other thing, that when it comes time to prove God, we don't have the faith, and we say, can God? When we should be saying, God can. So it's a lot like us. See, we have enough faith to be saved, but do we have living faith? There's a vast difference. We're saved by faith through grace. That's not out of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But Paul told us in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 1 that the just shall live by faith. Verse 17. The just shall live by faith. We're saved by faith, and then we're also to live by faith. And here we find the children of Israel, even though God had supplied needs, God had brought them out of the land of Egypt, God had provided for them time and time and time again, we find that they were faithless. Not only were they faithless, they were also forgetful. They were forgetful. Notice verse 7. Let me back up. Let me back up to verse number 2. He says, I will open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. So here, he's, what he's saying is that our fathers have passed down the stories, the things that God has done, which we have heard, verse 3, and known, and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praise of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should raise, should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. But they were a forgetful people. They forgot what God had done for them. They were supposed to remember them, they were supposed to rehearse them, and they were supposed to pass them on to their children. Listen, folks, now let me encourage you. When God does something in your life, God provides for you, God meets a need, God takes care of a situation, pass it on. Say, hey, this is my God, this is what my God did for me, and I don't want to forget, and I want you to remember. See, the nation of Israel seemed unable to remember all the great miracles that God had performed on their behalf. The plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, the pure waters of Marah, the putting of their enemies on the run. They forgot all these things. And now they're out there in the wilderness. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? He sent those ten plagues so Pharaoh would let the people of God go. And here they say, well, can God, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? How foolish. See, they were, they were faithless. They were forgetful. And that's just like the people of the Lord today. How many times has the Lord come through for you and you forgot? Well, we need to remember what God has done for us, how he has provided for us. You know, I think many times we, we depend on our job or we depend on our, our bank accounts or we depend on, on different people. I, I preached a message here a while back on, 
on, uh, on, da- on King David and uh, how he learned to lean on the Lord instead of leaning on people, position, uh, popularity, and po- pride. David learned to lean on the Lord. You can read about it in Psalm chapter 34. We need to learn to depend on him, not forget what God has done for us. See, the condition of people, they were faithless, they were forgetful, but they were also foolish. Again, in verse number 19, they asked that question, can God? And by asking that question, they proved their foolishness. That was a foolish question to ask. They proved their ignorance of the power and the person of God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You know, we were talking this morning, the Sunday school hour this morning, talking about creation. I, I told Brother, uh, I think I may have said it from the pulpit here this, this morning, and uh, the word create in the Hebrew comes from a Greek word, or a Hebrew word borrow, which means to create or to make from nothing. That's what God did. He is a great God. And by them saying, can God, they prove their ignorance of his power and his person. This same foolishness has followed the church to this very day. And we're saying, well, can God do it? Yes, he can if we just have the faith to believe. Whatever the situation, there might be some problem that arises in your life or in the church or whatever it might be. And the first thing we say is, can God, instead of saying, God can. God can do this. God can provide the need. God can take care of it. See, the condition of the people, they were faithless, they were forgetful, and they were foolish. But then we see the character of God in this this text of Scripture as well. Again, verses 5 down through verse 7, we read them just a moment ago. But he talks about his promises. In verse 5, he said, He established the testimony in Jacob and appointed the law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who uh, should arise and, and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Listen, Israel had seen God keep his word time and again. May I say tonight that God hasn't changed? If you find a promise in the Word of God, God cannot go back on His Word. Now, there are some conditional promises in this book. If we obey, if we do certain things, God said He would do certain things. There are conditional promises. But any promise that is in the Word of God, God will keep it. I'll tell you one promise that, that, uh, that I like. It says, uh, uh, during John chapter 14... In my Father's house are many mansions. Were not so, I would have told you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. That is a promise to us, and he will keep that promise. And Israel had forgotten that God always kept his promises. He's still that same God today. He has not changed. He still keeps his promises. If he said it, he'll do it. We just have to take him at his word. We have to trust him. Jack, let go of the branch. Just trust me. I wonder if it had been any one of us and we were hanging on to the branch. And God spoke to us in an audible voice and he said, he said, Art, let go. I wonder. 
I wonder, you know, God sometimes asks us or tells us to do something that is not logical. But if we just obey him and do it, he will keep his promise. See, they forgot about the promises of God. They forgot about his performance. Verse number 12, we started there. It says, marvelous things did he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. Back over there in verse, verse number uh, 43, where God says, and how he wrought his signs in Egypt, the wonders in the field of Zoan. And he goes on uh, here, the psalmist goes on, Asaph goes on to tell about how God delivered the children of Israel out, out of, out of uh, Egypt. Uh, time and again, God had demonstrated his power in the midst of his people. May I say that the Lord has not changed in this area either. He will perform that which he said he will do. You know, you, you, think, you think about the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt. It, it's miraculous. It's marvelous. And Moses kept going to Pharaoh saying, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, all right, I'll let you go. But part of you got to stay behind. Moses said, no, 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 no. And I forget how it was. I think he said that the women could, or the men could go, but the women and the children had to stay behind. And he says, you can go, but you can't take your cattle. And Moses said, no, we got to have the cattle because we got to do sacrifices unto the Lord. And finally, God sent those ten plagues, and that tenth plague where he sent the death angel through the land of Egypt, and all those who had applied the blood to the doorpost and to the lintel was a picture of the crucified Christ. Blood is what delivers us, amen, the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's no forgiveness of sin. And when the death angel passed through the land of Egypt that night and the blood was applied to the outside of the door of the house, the angel saw that blood, it passed over them, and, but all the firstborn of the land of Egypt who did not apply the blood died that night. And Pharaoh finally said, I've had enough. And he let the people go. But that was God. That was God's performance. That was God performing what he said he would do. God's promises, God's performance, God's power. Listen, throughout their history, God had proven he was stronger than every obstacle that they faced. When they came up to the Red Sea, they didn't throw up their hands and quit and say, well, let's go back to Egypt. God told Moses what to do, and God, uh, Moses obeyed God, and he stepped into the water with his staff, and the waters divided to each side, and the Word of God says they went across as on dry land. They got to the other side, and you know the story. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. And the Egyptian armies followed them in, and God caused the waters to close back up on it and drown them all. His power. My friend, God is still all-powerful. We shorten the hand of God. Because we don't believe He's the same God. God has not changed. He's immutable. He changed out. His word says, I change not. He's still the same God. So the character of God, his promises, his performance, his power, but his patience. You know how patient God is? There's some things going on in the world today. There's some things going on in our nation today that if I was God, 
I'd stamp them out in a heartbeat. I'd smash them like a tater rug. I just, man, I, I, we were in the, over there in the fellowship hall today, and I, I'd taken some stuff out of the car and was come back in. I saw this wasp going across the floor. I stepped on it. I killed it dead. I hate wasp bees. I, I'd rather fight a snake, amen. I've been stung. I got all stung up on one arm when I was a kid. My wasp, my arm swelled up. Had to take me to the doctor and get a shot and all that stuff. I hate them. We were out picking grapes one time. Friend's house. I stepped in a yellow jacket nest. And I took off running. I come running around the house. Janet was in the house with a friend. They were in there doing some canning. And I was stripping my shirt off. Because I had bees in my shirt. And I was getting stung all over. And my friend, he was sitting there. He just took his and covered himself up like that so he wouldn't get stung. I, I hate them. I hate them. They, they're of the devil. I tell you what, it's part of the curse, praise God. God's patient. Notice, notice over in verse 38 what the Word of God says. But he being full of compa- com- uh, compassion forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all of his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away that cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Listen, it says there in verse 38, uh, verse 38 that, that he, he forgave their iniquity. God is a patient God. Time and again, the, the people of Israel lacked faith to trust God, but the Bible tells us that many a time he turned his anger away from them. How many times have we tested the patience of God? He's a patient God. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful he's patient about me getting saved, praise God. There's times when I probably should have died. But God was patient with me. He was merciful and gracious to me. Thank God we, have, we serve a God that is patient. How many, if you just, just think back on your life and think, how many times has God demonstrated his patience to you? The character of God. That brings us to my final point. The challenge for today. The challenge for today. Have confidence in God. In His power, in His promises, and in His presence. Mark 11, verse 22 says, Have faith in God. Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust Him at all times. John 14, 1 let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. Have confidence in God. Call to mind his past works. What he did for the children of Israel, what he did, for, think about Peter in Acts chapter 12. James had been arrested and put to death. They arrested Peter and put him into, into solitary, into, into maximum security. He was in the innermost prison, chained to two guards, and it says that there was 12 quadrants of soldiers guarding him. And God sent his angel that night, and it says that Peter was asleep. Imagine that. James had already been put to death. He'd already been beheaded. Here Peter is, you know, he's in prison, 
But he knew his life was in God's hands, and God sent the angel, and it says he smote him on the side. Wake up, Peter! He woke up, and the chains fell off, and the doors opened, and they went out. Call to mind his past works. I don't know what God's done in your lives, but I'm sure if you just take inventory of life, your life, you can look back and see how God has provided, how he's protected. How he's demonstrated his power, his promises, and his presence to you. So call to mind his past works. And then just carry out his commandment. Just obey the word of God. John, John chapter 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Remember I was out knocking on doors one day, witnessing, and came to this house and knocked on the door and Another fellow was with me. Started witnessing to him. He said, well, I keep, I keep the Ten Commandments. I said, is that right? I knew right then he didn't because he'd already lied. I looked down and I said, what are you going to do with all the other commandments in the Word of God? He looked at me kind of strange. I said, there's over, over 400 commands to us in the Word of God. And if you're trusting Take, obeying all the commandments, then I said, you've got a long way to go, buddy. I says, that won't get you to heaven. But just obey him. Just carry out his commands. Just obey the Lord. See, the children of Israel, they have become faithless. They have become forgetful. And in essence, they have become foolish. I'm, it's sad to say we do the same thing. We don't trust the Lord. Just let go of the branch. Just trust Him. Just trust Him. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Maybe God spoke to your heart tonight.